All right, let's go. Three. I ain't. Brian walked away. I'm good. You're not going to be ready when I said record. Yeah, I will. You're like 10 feet away from your desk when I said three. Go ahead. Three, two, one, record. Hello, my friends. Thank you for joining us for the PebCAC podcast, a weekly information security show featuring some all around good people. It is week 13 of 2023. I'm Chris Louie. And happy to have survived yet another round of storms here here in the Bay Area. For the first time I can remember, 101 was shut down in both directions due to down power lines. That's a major freeway here we have in the Bay Area. With me, I have the cloud god who's washing his Bronco for the third time this week. Yeah, it's usually covered in mud, but I will tell you, if you had a Bronco, you could have uh, gone over those power lines with ease, my friend. I don't know, but Not a good idea. no one no one should be driving over power lines, period. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta risk it to get the biscuit, guys. <laughs> and we have Glenn Medina, or as we now call him, Handless. Happy birthday, Glenn. Hey, thanks. Appreciate that. I didn't know you when was his birthday? took note about when my birthday. It's April first. It's coming up. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> you got it. By the time so. this is posted, it should have passed. Yeah. So Hey, happy to be back, and yes, happy to be dry again, but I don't know if you know this, but I keep track of how much water is stored in our one of our lakes up here, and it's a, it's called Lake Berryessa, and we are about 13 feet away from it overflowing into something that they call the Glory Hole. I'll post the link inside of our, uh, I'll share a link with uh, Chris, and I know all you guys are smiling about the glory hole, but it's a it's a pretty cool thing where water spills over um, into this massive hole as the overflow. So stop That's laughing, wild. Chris. So, so Glenn, have yeah. you have you ever visited this glory hole, Glenn? Uh, the last time it overflowed was five years ago. So pretty cool. <laughs> I was watching your video. Go ahead. With your jokes, yeah, so have, have you, but have you ever visited the glory hole and <laughs> have you ever like taken a dip in it at all? <laughs> nice try, Chris. I, um, I've taken a dip at Lake Berryessa, but you can't go next to the glory hole because you'll get sucked in and and blown away down the river. So stop it, Chris. And let's move on. <laughs> so just to be clear, you you neither want to get sucked in or blown away when you visit this glory hole, Glenn. <laughs> Uh, it, that is correct. That would be very bad for you, Chris. But Isn't for some people, I guess hole? it might be important. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> I don't know how many times we have to say this. Let's move on. I'll put a link. I'll have Chris put a link inside of the uh, the notes. But it's pretty funny. Ha ha ha. So I saw a video of like some some kids like where the water was just barely starting to crest over the glory hole, uh-huh. and they're kind of just like hanging out over there. And I don't know what happened, but one of those kids just went in, like just gone forever. I don't know what. That's like this. I just watched it. It's like, oh my god! I think I just saw someone die into that into a different glory in hole. Glory right? hole? Yeah. Like in a lake, yeah. And by in the way, lake. I also pay attention to the uh, the lake levels in Arizona. We're like thriving, so there's like four lakes that kind of lead all the way up to Roosevelt. And Roosevelt Lake was like just like pure sadness to go out there and look at it like it's like nothing now it's at like 94 percent full and all the other lakes are completely full as well yeah so it's gonna be a good 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 summer for yeah. watercrafting 
agree. I hope we don't uh, learn, or, or actually, I hope we learn our mistakes from the past and at least do some water conservation. Even though we have plenty of water, I hope we save some of that water so that way uh, we can uh, use it for recreation. Do we, Arizona has like a crazy water table. So they're, they're constantly just like pulling water out of these underground aquifers, like left and right. And, uh, in my hometown, one of the mines where they were out doing their thing, they actually came across a, an aquifer and they just been, they've like been pumping, I forget how many gallons of water for like the last two or three decades, just like nonstop, like it's never, never going to like run out. And I think they, I forget what they actually do with the water, like where they, where they send it down to. Um, but the crazy part is the water is coming in at 180 degrees. So it's hot as hell down there. Wow. Send some water our way. We need it here in California. No kidding. Yeah. I think Arizona has like a 100 year water table, or at least in the Phoenix metro area it does. Wow. Good for you. You wouldn't think that would be the case in the middle of a desert. You would think so, but yeah. I mean, I might not have a bunch of uh, needles laying around my city, but we got a lot of water. <laughs> All right. Key takeaway, link in the description. Follow the glory hole. Thanks to Glenn. <laughs> Combined, we have decades of information security experience and are here not just to educate, but to entertain. We've got four awesome stories for you this week. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Reminder, check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at podcast. I am seeing our views tick up, so thank you to everyone who's visited us there. This week, we're going to open with the latest fishing lure. Microsoft support taking an unusual approach to fix a customer issue. For our third topic, we'll cover the FBI's IEC3 report that we didn't get to last week, thanks to Brian's left turn. And we'll close with book talk. It's a right turn. For our first topic, as the Winston Churchill once said and reiterated by Rahm Emanuel, never let a crisis go to waste. Scammers have taken a page out of the Churchill playbook and are taking full advantage of the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank. I can't say for certain if the FDIC had fully taken control of SVB yet, but scammers were already registering domain names with the letters SVB in them. Domain registrations with SVB skyrocketed with domains like SVB Claim, SVB Lawsuit, SVB Bailout, SVB Deposits. Many of these fake SVB pages are all hosting cryptocurrency scams that try to steal users' private keys. At least one of the email domains is being used for a BEC scam, sending emails with a clever domain telling victims to wire their money to a new bank account, presumably under the control of the scammers. The cryptocurrency company Circle, who maintains the USDC stablecoin, had significant deposits at SVB, and the coin actually got knocked off its peg of one US dollar per coin when that information was revealed. Scammers wasted no time in registering scam domains related to Circle and SVB. Well, I would love to say that I'm not surprised, but I kind of am surprised. I feel like I don't think like a criminal in, in all these aspects. And it's like, anytime I go back and look at it, I'm like, oh yeah, I, you know, you think uh, like SVB, you think like when, when ChatGPT first came out, I was like all gun ho on it, right? And then I started thinking, 
I'm not even thinking about it. I started hearing like nefarious ways of using it. So I'm like, oh, maybe I don't like it. Or even like COVID-19, right? It's just like, hey, we're on lockdown. Then I talk to a guy at the gym this week and homeboy literally was selling COVID-19 tests from his kitchen to all kinds of universities and stuff and just making money hand over fist. So like, like, uh, you know, Winston Churchill, you know, said right here, never let a good crisis go to waste. And so it got me to think. Were these like, legit tests, though, or were these like <laughs> he just drew something on a piece of paper with a marker test? No, like, like this. The, you know, I was le- it was legit, but he was actually like he was. What happened is a long story, but I'll make it short. They had like these uh, COVID facilities where you go in there and get tests, and what they noticed is that <clears throat> I got like it's like a four hour wait, but a majority of the people are from a company or a school or a event. They're like, well, how about we just do mobile tests? Where we send over some people. And do this testing, like just right on site and let people in the rapid test and an antigen or whatever it was. And so the the crazy part was there was no regulations on how much a COVID test would co- cost. So the bare minimum that he could sell like one of the rapid tests was like $149. But if you were a jerk to him, he'd be like, oh, you know, it's $199, right? And if you're selling it to like, yeah. you know, universities are coming back in, it's like literally $199 a pop for every single student or faculty person every single day, five days a week. And so he was telling me he ended up making like over, this was like a side gig, like over 200 grand. Uh, just how, in, how do you get a hold of him though? Was he, just calling. he was just cold yeah. calling, buying him on the open market. Yep. Oh no. He, like, he worked for a company that did the staffing for the, like the COVID yeah. uh, little facilities that they had stood up. And so they, they realized the market need was, we can just send out people in a van to do this. Okay. So, yeah. So they hired like an RN and all that good stuff to, to do it. And then just, mar- you know, marking up these tests like crazy. I think they, he said like the cost for a test was like less than a dollar, but they're selling them for 49 bucks minimum. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So all of this That's, got me. To, go ahead. I said, so there's. So I, I would call that more price gouging than scamming because they're. There's right place and right time. So, like, if you are a roofer in Houston during the last major hurricane, like, you made a killing because everybody yeah. needed a new roof. So, it's, it's like right place, right time. But, I mean, these scammers are taking advantage of the crisis to just steal people's money, basically. I, You know, I guess I'm looking at this from the, the perspective of a good crisis going to waste. And so, I, I started thinking, yeah. like, have I ever taken advantage of a good crisis? And I'm thinking, and I was like, oh, I can't really think of anything. But I lost. I, I figured out one. On 9-11, this doesn't start off well, but on 9-11. <laughs> here we go. We're gonna <laughs> Tell lose us more, we're, Ryan. We're, Tell we're, us more. We're going to lose the, some audience members here. So. Uh, no. Well, I mean, it just it just happened to work out, right? Like So early that morning, I was on eBay, like, placing bids. And back in the day, remember on eBay, you're like, hey, it's $54. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to raise the price to 55 And yeah. As that happened, like the internet that day came to a stop. Everybody was focused on the news. And so I was yeah. online just buying a bunch of like like stereo equipment, right? And I was I, like, a lot of these things were really popular, so they wouldn't have a reserve. But I was picking up like amps and, st- and like in car stereos and, and everything like that, like for, you know, like 25% of the actual price that was on there. So I guess I took advantage of a good crisis in that particular time but it wasn't really intentional it just happened to work out in my favor i just remember like winning all these things like there's no way like what happened i'm like oh that's right 9 11 
Wow. Right place, right time. That's yeah. it. I'm not as lucky. So, and, and like, not only that, but I guess I'm not as an on, much of a, an entrepreneur as I'd like to think I am because I, I'm just not built that way to, to buy websites and try and resell them or try and use them for nefarious reasons. I think my for conscience would just get scam. to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think my conscience just gets the better of me. It's all the Brian's eyebrows. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> he, he got him like waxed, basically. Yeah. I, uh, well, I was looking at Glenn's like Zoom screen. I was like, oh, I wonder if I could do something, but apparently it's his eyebrows. Well, you know, going back to the story, it does kind of shock me that out of all the scams, it's trying to get users to give them their private keys. Like, you would think that, like, if my mother had invested into Silicon Valley Bank and she was trying to pull her money out and she went to like the, the, the bailout website and was like, Hey, uh, let's, let's pay you back in crypto. She'd be like, what the hell does this even mean? Like, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like usually it's, it's people a little bit younger. They actually kind of understand how things work, but then again, maybe they're just super dumb and willing to still do dumb things. Well, it's also the audience that SVB catered to the young hip startup people that would probably have some kind of money invested in crypto so i think that's that's ripe for the picking but you would think you'd have a, at least a baseline understanding of like what to do versus what not to do if you have some money in crypto yeah uh, you would think hundreds of millions of dollars in losses later prove otherwise brian <laughs> true maybe they're just doing it to, billions by now it's, it's just a good write-off I mean, if they want you to claim it on your taxes, then I guess you can write off the losses too. $3,000 a year for the rest of your life. <laughs> for our second topic, I don't know if this story is more tragic or funny, but a tech blogger bought a legitimate copy of Windows 10. So for the first time ever, someone bought a legitimate copy of Windows 10, but it would not activate after installing it doing what most people would do. He called up Microsoft Tech Support, the official support number, mind you, not some scammer in India. The tech blogger was flabbergasted when he saw the official Microsoft support technician run a PowerShell script to use a crack to activate Windows rather than troubleshoot the issue of why his copy of Windows would not activate. Now, the whole point of buying a legitimate copy of Windows is so that users do not have to use risky cracking software that can install malware and rootkits on the device. If that were me, I would personally never trust the device anymore, and Microsoft owes me a new laptop and a copy of Windows. The blogger got screenshots and evidence, and apparently this is not the first case of a Microsoft tech using a crack instead of fixing a broken activation system. Do you think that the, the leveraging the crack as opposed to I don't know, filing a ticket internally is just quicker and easier. A lot of red tape around those those keys. Possibly, or the support technician had some KPIs around how many tickets they solve and how many, what's the time to resolution, and maybe they were behind that month. Yeah, so I've bought licenses before, officially, and I've tried to move them from device to another device because I'm retiring an older device, and I'd like to buy my license and, and move it. Man, that is like really difficult and painful you guys ever tried that like there's no easy number to call 
I'm surprised. I haven't used that. Yeah, the, Windows. There's some process to deactivate it. Yeah, just, yeah. I'm with Brian. I haven't had to use Windows and activate it in quite some time, but I remember moving it was was a huge hassle. Yeah, such a pain. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I had a Windows device. I think it was Windows Vista, maybe. Like it's been a long time since I dealt with that. No, but I mean, I think we all use Windows, maybe for a VM that we have to get into to do a demo of some kind. You guys don't have to do that kind of stuff. So demo, what no, do you think? Excuse me, do you know who I am? <laughs> Apparently not. Sorry, Mr. Cloud God. I know. <laughs> the licenses are in the cloud, baby. That's usually like in organizations, they'd have a KMS, like a key management server. It's easy to check in and check out keys. Mac, Mac was a huge hassle. The the multiple activation key. Oh, that was a gigantic headache, especially when we ran that on a VDI. Because you'd have to call Microsoft, they have to reset the Mac activation count. It was that was a gigantic hassle. Well, you threw me off. I thought you were saying that Mac, like Apple Mac, actually Apple had Mac. A, a light. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, really? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, as far as back as I can remember, um, Mac has never had that activation. But I think it's because they own the hardware. So if you own the hardware, you own a legit copy of the OS. But yeah. they never had activation keys for Mac OS. Do you ever remember that that mini laptop that had the ability to run macOS on it? It was like it was not an Apple laptop. Yeah, non Apple. Yeah, and somebody had figured out how to do it. It was like a seven inch little mini bad boy. I remember the it's called a Hackintosh. Yes, you buy specific hardware, you can run Mac on a non Apple computer. I had a friend that did that actually. That was more like he built it with an i five and. But every time the OS would upgrade, something would inevitably break. So it break, wasn't yeah. worth the hassle. Probably can't do it as much anymore because since they switched back to ARM, right? I mean, I know you can do a lot of folks are trying. You can build emulators for Macs. I've seen that. I, I used to have one a while ago, and it was a little fun. But you're right. Every time there was an update, it broken. Something was broken. Yeah, it's just not worth it anymore. Unless you unless you really see it as a hobby and you see it as a challenge. But if you just wanted to mac for less money it's your time was likely more valuable than the time you spent troubleshooting i i convinced my daughter that does photography to to buy a mac for editing and all that good stuff and it was kind of a a lot of money right to to bite off on when you're only 19 years old and limited income she did it and uh she has a friend that went down the windows route and that friend has already replaced that computer once so my my daughter's like yeah it's, it's kind of cool I don't have to really worry about that. So a lot of, you know, capital up front, but it's working yeah. out in the long run. Well, when she's getting VC Business funding expense. from dad, that, that helps. <laughs> <laughs> Bank of Deech. Yeah. No, I didn't pay for that. She she works hard, man. She, she did herself. Yeah. Well. For our third topic on the theme of bad investments, the U.S. FBI Internet Crimes Complaint Center, or IC3, report was released. And for the first time in seven years, business email compromise is no longer the top type of computer fraud in terms of monetary losses. Investment scams have overtaken business email compromise as the new leader. Investment scams have gotten more popular as bad actors look to evade sanctions and raise money in other illicit means. So-called pig butchering scams are where threat actors contact victims through 
dating websites, and then take conversations offline to another messaging platform to pitch them an investment scam, often involving cryptocurrency. The rise in the use of deep fakes and AI have also led to a rise in investment scams with videos purporting to be from celebrities like Elon Musk. So here, here it is by the numbers. In 2022, BEC scams, business email compromise, losses from that totaled about $2.7 billion with the B. But investment scam losses, $3.3 billion. So neither you can neither of them you can shake a stick at. Those are massive, massive losses still, but investment losses overtook that. And of that $3.3 billion, about $2.6 billion were the result of cryptocurrency-themed investment scams. So the losses from these crypto scams, almost as much as all of the BEC scams combined. So Silicon Valley Bank wasn't part of that $3.3 billion? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I wonder if uh, the BEC scam has anything to do with Microsoft potentially retiring some of the older, like syncing protocols for email. Like there was like Active Sync like and other Active like... Sync. Yeah, yeah. Because I I recently saw that now you can do. I don't know if everyone can do it, but the the Mappy protocol can be inspected at a TLS la uh, layer as well now, which is incredibly helpful. I guess if you're looking for DLP yeah. or maybe attached malware, I guess you could block that. A phishing link, I don't think you're going to read the emails, but then again, like if you are using cloud security and click the link and get blocked anyways, but. Yeah, BEC is more impersonation. I I believe like the advent of AI and better detection has helped there, although there's always people using AI on the, on the other side and you end up with this arms race that it, it's just looking for like natural language processing. Does it, does mm -hmm. an actual human speak like this? You know, you know, verify that the domain matches, things like that. Um, the deep fake stuff and the AI is getting better and better, like by the day. I, I watched one video of Elon, and, I, and like I had seen a legitimate clip with the similar background, and I was like, oh wow, ah, didn't know he said that, right? And then a couple of days later, it was just something like off the wall, like just this craziness, like, you know, him at a Waffle House and bringing a gun. I'm like, wait a second. And I had to rewatch it. I'm like, this never happened. Like, uh, and yeah, I think the, my favorite, yeah, my favorite stuff recently is the, some of the AI generated art. So, uh, there was the Trump getting arrested one and then they yeah. did Fauci and then out of nowhere, yeah. just like someone decided to do Rosie O'Donnell. I'm like, like her or not, I don't know how she got pulled into this poor thing. So. That's, a, that's just hilarious. Yeah, but it looks so crazy. Uh, I mean, you can tell it's fake because, you know, they assume that these people are not built like a bag of mashed potatoes, but it's still pretty cool, though. The one I sent to you guys in the group chat maybe a couple of weeks ago was the deep fake voices. It was Donald Trump and Joe Biden playing Overwatch and them just complaining about each other's <laughs> performance. Like, yeah. like if you were just to listen to that, like it, it sounds pretty convincing. We had That's to hilarious. call the uh, the bank and it was trying to do the uh, the voice password uh, the thing, voice authentication. Yeah, yeah. I was like, no, no, I don't want to do this, and like, and just like kept on messing it up on purpose, and then. My wife had to call in and it was trying to enroll us automatically. I'm like, hell no. I would love to talk to someone about that. Like how, how, like. How do you opt how much, out? 
Well, not only opt out, but like, what are they doing to make sure that's actually secure? Because I don't think it is. It's not. That's that's actually a probably story for another week. I actually have a topic in our her uh, working document that okay. talks about that. Yeah, maybe we'll do it next week. Maybe it's a jubacabra. What you going? Got hit up by any cryptocurrency scams? No, because I don't. I really don't mess with cryptocurrency. Period. So anytime I see an email, I'm just like delete. I don't. Uh, I'm not a. I'm not as. I, I'm. I'm toward the end of my. What I would call towards the end of my career. Um, so any of the stuff that I think that is going to be this instant richness, um, I just don't believe in. So I don't do cryptocurrency or or try not to get scammed by any of that stuff. So my, hopefully my opsec is really good. And you haven't, you haven't gotten catfish on any of those dating sites that you're on? Yeah, good thing is I'm married, so I don't do any of the dating stuff anyway. So, yeah, it's a little different. Um, yeah, I, I, Like I said, I, I, I try to limit what I do on the Internet. And now, I, I like I said, I, I feel naked after you know 20 plus years of being in the proxy industry. And not having a proxy now to defend me when I'm surfing the Internet is kind of scary. But I try to limit what I do um on, on on my computer anyway so i use quad nines bro use quad nine it's free yeah quad nines all right you still need a better internet condom than quad nines I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so i think uh There's... i actually got where is this i'm gonna show, show share it with you guys it's funny because there is someone on twitter named uh swift on security are you guys familiar oh, with that account? Them. Familiar with yeah, them. Yeah. yeah, from yeah. I've heard of them. And I thought it was so cool because like the guy was like he's like, I can't believe um or he's like, I didn't even know this was a, a valid URL. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, dude, I got the same text message earlier that day. So it, it threw me off because it's Netflix.com colon nine eleven at S nine whatever dot on you know what I mean? Like I, I thought the at sign and I don't know, like I just looked at this and I think, Oh, that thing's malformed, but it, it works somehow. It's been taken down since, since then, but there you go. Yeah. Wouldn't you guys think that I guess it's, that's a malformed URL that shouldn't work, but apparently it does. Yeah, it's, it's how you, how you parse it. Yeah. Because the, the colon implies it's going to use a different port and then the at implies some type of username authentication yeah yeah okay. some type of username like authentication in the browser basic but, auth or something but is it is, is it at the end at the end of it is it just setting it to that uh online home dot us yeah is that worth yeah yeah okay i asked him to venmo me yeah. 500 bucks but they said no crazy so. <laughs> Back on the topic of, of dating sites, this is taking us a little off topic, but I thought it was interesting. In I, I saw a thread on Reddit, and it was it was in response to a meme. And, and take it for what it is. This is a thread on Reddit. Everyone tells the truth there for sure. But it was <laughs> someone had posted that their email got used to register for a dating site, and this this happens to all of us that we we said someone creates an account, they fat finger it, or they put in a fake email, and it ends up coming to you, and just says. You, know, you got to click this link to validate that this is actually you. And I guess the guy was interested. He didn't want he didn't want to validate, but he wanted to see what this dating site was all about. I guess it was some unique type of dating site. And he went on this dating site and he showed his wife like, "Hey, look, someone tried to register me on this this weird dating site." And then they all had a laugh on it. And then they said the next it was day, his wife. the wife it was his wife. <laughs> no, so so next day the wife 
started getting targeted ads on Facebook for divorce lawyers. Oh. Mm. Oh. Which is interesting, yeah. So, So the husband is married but is visiting dating sites and then all of a sudden the wife gets targeted ads for divorce lawyers which is very interesting interesting i like it's almost believable because you know facebook is doing this really creepy tracking stuff but you almost don't want to believe it that it's that smart that it would be able to target you like that but how would it like so that interesting because it how did it know that it was his wife or maybe because the phones were in proximity with each other or good or they're, friends. They're connected. Yeah. They're connected. Yeah. yeah. They're, connected. yeah they're, they're connected on Facebook. Yeah. 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 yeah I guarantee Facebook probably has its mitts into to everything. It just kind of like branches out. I mean, even on that, like my my daughter has like two well two jobs. Well, she did. She had a, one job where she worked like this coffee shop. Another one was she's doing like uh, the the fake eyelashes. And so we started doing like targeted Instagram advertisements for her little side business and it's gotten so busy that she had to quit her job like it's just it's wild how crazy effective that is and just by targeting a certain demographic age group and then like hashtags like i think the i i i forgot i actually shared this with you guys but we ran another she ran another campaign and like overnight one night she had an additional five people like that's like you know usually you do a campaign over the like six or seven days and i think the last yeah. time she did she got 11 but this last campaign is just, is just popping off, man. It's wild. Yeah, it's highly effective. That's why they're they were they were a trillion dollar company for a bit. I think they've fallen since then. But advertising, I just think it's cool, man. I think at some point in time, she just keep raising her prices, right? You just get to the point where she can just start turning people away. And what's wild is she only needs like seven clients a week to to make enough money to to be comfortable in what she's trying to accomplish. But, you know, she's up to like 12, 15, you know, it's just, it's just crazy. Yeah, and then she's adding on services. Step up and expand. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Maybe man. She, I, she could hire you as a uh, employee number number two. <laughs> yeah, you're, <laughs> there you go. You're the customer service rep. You're, you'll you'll yeah. take the take the bookings. Yeah, she does have to do certain things. Like we, we, we she's alienated anyone over like. 25 there's they're high maintenance these old older people's what she says they're just too much work <laughs> and then and then she yeah, also demographic then yeah and then she was t- t- talking to me today she's like yeah dad i respond to this lady or this girl I, i'm available at two four and six and the lady wrote back is that a.m or p.m she's like you really think i'm gonna do your eyelashes at two o'clock in the morning <laughs> never know 24 by 7 operation i guess yeah man yeah, yeah. You wait for me at four a.m. in the morning. So I'll be there. I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, but the thing of it, it's pretty wild though. Like, if the average, I don't know, cost, or you know, the average, you know, person coming in is you know between a hundred and hundred twenty dollars, and your you know cost to you know do all of like all of your equipment is like less than five dollars. Like, it's it's really profitable for her, and that's that's Very crazy money making. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, but I can never do it. Like I, I can't see that stuff, man. That's wild. Yeah, that's why we do what we do. It's because we're not good at eyebrows. <laughs> I'm for sure not. For our last topic, and it will be a rotating topic every week. This week, we're going to talk about good books we've read or listened to lately. 
I know Glenn has been a longtime subscriber to Audible audiobooks, but I recently became a customer due to some circumstances in my life. I was an avid book reader for a long time with my Amazon Kindle in tow on every airplane business trip reading the latest bestsellers, but lately I just have not had time to read anymore. I know you guys know because I've been sending you pictures in the group chat, but I've been doing a great deal of work around the house, and it's given me hours of time to listen to podcasts and audiobooks. Since I've caught up on all my favorite podcasts, I started listening to those audiobook versions of those Kindle books that I've been meaning to read. The first book I listened to was Tracers in the Dark by Andy Greenberg. So Andy Greenberg also wrote the book uh, Sandworm. That was also very good as well. He's a reporter for Wired. And this dovetails nicely into our story last week where Brian took us 180 degrees when he started talking about human trafficking. And Andy goes into depth of how the ability to trace cryptocurrency payments and catch criminals who thought they were beyond the reach of the law because they used Bitcoin to facilitate their crimes. Andy goes into detail about the busts at major darknet markets like Alphabay and Silk Road and a child exploitation website called Welcome to Video. And the latter story was covered in the latest episode of Darknet Diaries before Jack took a long hiatus because he was burnt out from work. Very good book, very good podcast. I'll link through to both of those in the show notes. Uh, after I finished Traces in the Dark, I picked up the Lazarus Heist that highlights the North Korean APT group of the same name and the Cult of We that dives into the rise and fall of Adam Newman of WeWork fame. So that so, yeah. Darknet Diaries one, was that was a, a really good podcast. The cryptocurrency tracing, I would say the only thing that kind of sucked about that is, is I felt like they, they kind of gave information to the to the do uh to the bad people <laughs> like this is what you do and how you get caught right but i think the, the the probably the biggest staggering number that i had seen in dark neck diaries was the server that was confiscated in south korea the amount of the the csam material right child sexual abuse material was four hundred and fifty thousand hours of content that that number just like floored me. I had no idea. And then Chris, you were just like, "That's the biggest bus that we know about." Like we didn't even know that like, there could be more. And that's that's pretty so scary. far. So far, yeah, yeah. exactly. Glenn yeah, looks shocked. Look at him. He's like, "Oh my god." Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and this this particular website, but I I think like if this was a legitimate business, I think they nailed the growth model down really really well unfortunately because it is a csam hosting website i'm not happy that that they came up with this model but the model they had was you could buy credits to you know view videos using bitcoin just buy some credits outright or you could upload your own unique material and earn credits that way so like that's that's the clever part but i you know you don't like it because that means people are generating more of this content and that i think that led to you know explosive growth of the the site The so what are you, what's your thoughts behind like the the cryptocurrency exchanges right like it made sense like if I didn't want to mine Bitcoin but I wanted to go buy it I can go out to one of these things that are out there but then at the day it takes away from the autonomous nature right of of, of cryptocurrency altogether. That's how they get caught. It's when you have to convert that 
cryptocurrency into fiat currency. That's almost always how they get caught. And the book actually goes into detail of how they had to, uh, how they busted a, it was a DEA agent, like a crooked DEA agent, a crooked secret service agent. And that's the way they, they caught him was because the, the KYC, the know your customer protocols that if you want to mm. open an account, if you want to withdraw cash, you have to take a selfie of yourself, have a photo ID. And at first the DEA agent had, He's an undercover DEA guy, so he has lots of false identities. So he tried to open up an account with using a false name, false ID, false passport. And they looked it up and like, hey, this guy doesn't exist. Give us your real name, buddy. <laughs> and then he eventually gave him the real name. And that's how he got busted. Wow. Dumb moves. So I take it you're not, I guess it, this is your nonfiction, right? This is the stuff that you like to listen to working in nonfiction. I, I, I like fiction a lot more on the audible side because um, I, I like to just get away from everything that I'm that, that, that's going on right now in the world. You like Westerns, so, don't you? Yeah, you know, it's <laughs> old, you, really? <laughs> old gunslinger, you know, Bonanza type yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, what, was that, okay. what was that one book? The uh, uh, they, they made a, into a real movie. The Jack Carr. Twin Towers. It was, no, it was Matthew McConaughey and Idris Elba, The High Tower, Heist. No, no, it was High Time to Ridgemont High. No, what was that called? Mm, the one that the, the the series that I told I think I told you guys was the uh, series by Jack Carr, who's a former Navy SEAL, and they just came out with a Amazon Prime movie about him. Um, it's got uh, who's the guy from? Who's the guy from uh, from Disney? No, not Disney. From uh, Tom Hanks. Character. Bob Iger. Huh? No, 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 no. It's, Jack Sparrow. It's the, no, it's the main <laughs> character in um, Gardens of the Galaxy. God, I can't remember his name. I'm so bad. Chris Pratt. Chris oh, Pratt. Yeah, ooh, he's playing. No, him. no, The Rock. Terminalist. Terminalist. So. <laughs> oh, Terminalist. Yeah. yeah, that very very good series. Yeah. I watched that one on Amazon. Very very good. <laughs> Book is better. I, I bet the book is even better. Yeah. Yeah. Book was way better. So, so tell me this: Did the book, yes or no, did it have the Leroy Jenkins scene in it? What's I don't remember that scene. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm laughing because it was it was so out of left field. So, so Terminal List, very serious movie. It's about a guy that uh, wants to avenge a wrong that happened in his life very very serious movie and there's one scene where he's out in the woods and he has to like cause a distraction because there's like 20 guys looking for him and it's 20 against one and then he ties his cell phone to like a flashbang and then he calls he calls the cell phone and the ringtone goes Leroy Jenkins <laughs> and it blows up the flashbang Leroy Jenkins and it was just so out of left field for such a serious show. Like, I died laughing at that. And you guys are looking at me really confused because you probably guess probably didn't play World of Warcraft. So you don't know about this meme. But, oh, hilarious. Over our head. My... Yeah. Yeah, way over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the, the movie I was thinking of was The Dark Tower. And that, that did not do so well in the box office. I, I heard the book was really good. And it's it, it's sort of like a fiction like futuristic fiction but also a western tie-in hmm. 
So I need, I don't read books at all. I feel like all I do is read for a living for work <laughs> around knowledge and stuff. So I, I find very little enjoyment in that. Uh, plus I do have uh, like, you know, dyslexia, which makes reading not that much fun because you just got to read every single page twice to really understand what the hell's going Audio on. Audiobooks. Audio yeah. So no, I should do some audiobooks. I'm not against that, but I would say that my two favorite books though, um, I, I think it would probably be no surprise to you guys. So one is the, the Art of Enchantment by Guy, Guy Kawasaki. I like based my entire life off of that dude. And then the other one would be Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Those are probably my two favorite books. You sure it's not um, F5 configuration manual for, for dummies? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't deploy I rules. SAP I rules 101. <laughs> like, you know, someone actually had reached out to me a long time ago and asked me uh, to author a book on iRules just based off of the, the content I was contributing to Dev Central. And I was like, nah, mm -hmm. I don't want to do it. And then a book eventually came out on it. And like, it was, all it was is like literally just a, a dot, like it was a, a static version of all the eye rolls that were on the website. Right. Like it was, I'm mm -hmm. like, why? Like, well, like, you have a book. It's like, you just copy, you can't copy paste out of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, <laughs> it, maybe they went into a little bit more, uh, insight as to why, but I think everyone, you know, posted pretty good, like business case, like what am I actually trying to do? And this is the outcome of it. I'm, I'm, I'm still steamed that you guys are not familiar with the Leroy Jenkins joke. So I'll make you watch it after this. All right. I guess so. If we must. Must this is almost like uh, RF, like giving him a hard time that he's never watched Ready Player One. Well, I'm not surprised, you know, given your history. What that he's play World of Warcraft? No, no, I just I like to end every statement with "given your history" to make people wonder what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> Confuse people. Yeah, <laughs> I know you like Brian Diet Logan. Coke. Given your history. All right, Brian, well, given your history, we continue to get great comments about our dad joke of the week. Dad joke of the week. This week, Brian's up. <sighs> My wife says I'm the cheapest man on earth. I'm not buying it. There you go. There, we did it. And since I have to cut out the first three, it, it's important to point out to the audience, this is Brian's fourth attempt at a dad joke for this episode. <laughs> and he finally nailed it. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Which do we go back? Did, did he technically win or lose the the one hundred? Oh, I lost. Uh, I lost. You lost, right? He got disqualified immediately. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So okay. Glenn, you had the most laughs, and Brian got DQ'd. Yeah, but they, I only laughed because of Mr. Eyebrows here. So that is true. Get my eyebrows back on. You should do a screenshot <laughs> of this. All right. All right, to wrap things up, be careful of Silicon Valley bank-related scams. Microsoft's support is lazy. Investment scams overtake BEC for the first time ever. And read a book. That's all I have for this week. You hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can find us all on LinkedIn. Links will be in the description. Follow us on Instagram at Podcast. Thank you to all our listeners and subscribers who raised five stars in the iTunes store and Spotify and left us a review. We appreciate you all spreading the word to help grow the show. The best way to find us is to search for the Pepcac Podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. For my co-host Brian Deach and Glenn Medina, I'm Chris Lloyd. 
Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next weekend. As always, have a nice day. Why are you not saying bye, Felicia? The heck, dude? You forget? Bye, Felicia. Bye, Yellow Mouth. (laughs) Have a nice day.